0: It's easy to forgive people who have never done anything to make us angry. People who do make us angry, however, are our most important teachers. They indicate the limits to our capacity for forgiveness. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. The decision to let go our grievances against other people is the decision to see ourselves as we truly are, because any darkness we let blind us to another's perfection also blinds us to our own. Sup, witches? Welcome to another episode. My name is Lauren Coletti. I am your host. A little different today. I'm recording on my computer. I'm going to see how this works because I usually record on my phone. I'm not bougie enough and professional (laughs) enough to actually bite the bullet and get a real microphone, but... I'm committing to this, and hopefully, one day I will have my own recording studio. It's really funny as we come to the last episode of season one of Sup Witches. I started this podcast back, I think, the last day of August, the first week of September, if I recall. And I said to myself, because I have commitment issues, I'm not going to lie, I do have a hard time sticking with things. I said to myself, I'm committing to a podcast every week, at least for one year. I can get very discouraged very quickly, and I've recognized this in myself. I love podcasting. I find it tremendously cathartic, and my hope is that I will be able to spread my message to a larger audience. You know, I... I'm a published author, I love poetry, and I found that my weak spot is marketing and advertising because that stuff takes a lot of money and time, and as someone that's in grad school and was working full-time, I really just wanted to do this as an outlet, a therapeutic way to express myself because I believe my purpose here to this earth is to be a storyteller and to be a healer. And I've always had a hard time expressing myself and communicating, but writing and getting the words across has always come sort of naturally to me. So as I reflect back on the last, what is it, August to December four months that I've been podcasting, math was never my strong suit, so please forgive me if that was incorrect, but a lot of changes have transpired and it was my goal by... December 31st to have 2,000 listeners. I'm at 1.8K right now, so I'm close, but my fingers are crossed and I send all of you so much love and so much light and gratitude from the bottom of my heart for sticking with me this far. I know I used to be sex and psychology and, and when I initially started, I was interviewing people and trying to get interviews in every week, but I realized that was kind of not realistic um but hopefully the coming year for season two i will have so much more interview guests for y'all and so much great content. And as I was shifting from dating to now spirituality, I wanted to talk about New Year's intentions because we are all very familiar with New Year's resolutions. And if you hear some flipping in the background, I have my notebook, I have my books and everything. I am prepped and prepared (laughs) for you today. So 2020, we come to a close of 2020 and I find that many people have this idea that 2020 was horrible and 2021 will be so much better. But here's my opinion on that. I think there's light and dark in every situation and I feel 2020 was so productive because it shed light on all the shadows and all the areas where there's been so much darkness they are starting to be brought out into the light. We've seen a lot of issues that have taken place throughout centuries and millennia, such as social justice and race issues and homophobia and transphobia and all these things, social injustices, we've seen them. It's not like they just started. These things have been happening over centuries and decades and it was hard and it was hurtful to see the way a majority of people responded. But the thing is that we can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. So if we do feel inspired and passionate and driven to help an issue and solve a world's problem, we have to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And I think that's what many of us are beginning to realize. So although 2020 was a trying year and traumatic for many, not just because of all of the movements that got provoked, but because of Corona, clearly, I don't think that 2021 is going to solve all these issues just by changing the number to 2021. I think that the solution starts with us. Instead of trying to change the world, we have to focus on changing ourselves because it starts with one. And then the ripple effect occurs. But I do believe it's unrealistic to think that tomorrow a new leaf will be turned over and everything is going to change. COVID's going to go away. These things were always there. They've just been triggered in 2020. Do I believe that there are better days ahead? Absolutely. But I, I don't know. 2020 was very daunting and it was difficult, but it's taught us how resilient we can be and our power to change and our power inside of us to heal, because I think the collective needs to come to a conscious healing agreement, but that's just where I stand. So when I was talking about New Year's resolutions, my therapist, frankly, was like, I don't really want to hear New Year's resolutions. You know, the whole new year, new me thing is kind of bullshit, but let's set an intention together. And that's what I want to discuss today. I want to share with you the good moments, the bad, the pretty, the ugly of 2020 and where that has led me till now. So 2020, I was in a relationship. I got pregnant. I got out of a relationship. (laughs) I got sexually assaulted. I did over the summer. I dated for the first time in years. I lost 30 pounds. I got out of an unhappy, unfulfilling job. I quit my job because I'm ready for a huge motherfucking change and I didn't want to wait. I found my soulmate and got into a very happy, loving relationship for the first time in my life and I'm getting emotional because I never thought that I would find true love i thought i had been in love before but now that i'm with nick i'm realizing that that wasn't true love Uh, my boyfriend from 2015 when i was 21 years old it was very abusive and i realized that that was just trauma bonding that wasn't true love because true love is reciprocal and true love is unconditional and that love was based on fear that love was based on manipulation and lies and abuse And for the first time in my life, I am so grateful for someone that has the ability to love me. And I'm learning so much through that loving relationship. It's really bursting my heart open in the best way possible. And with all that being said, here we are in December. And I feel every passing year, although I'm getting older, I am falling more and more in love with myself and who I want to be. I am reaching that point and I'm really finding my destiny on this three-dimensional planet. So I ask you, how will you bloom this year? Because we can take the lessons from 2020 and we can carry that with us into the new year to transform to better ourselves. And when we evolve, we impact everyone else around us because love is the most powerful force in the universe. And in the past, the last few years, I was like everyone else. My new year's resolution was to lose 10 pounds, maybe cut out dairy, go vegan, all these physical things. And that's great. Sometimes we need physical changes in order to get to the next level, to reach our fullest potential. But this year, instead of focusing on losing weight or anything else that is outside of me, I really wanted to shift to focus on my spirituality and what's inside of me, because I know that is so much more powerful. And it's a lot of times that it's not until we can make those internal shifts that we will notice our external circumstances change as a result. Because we can lose that 10 pounds, we can cut out gluten, but deep inside us, our ego is still going to be dissatisfied because the ego seeks, but it never finds. So I believe in the value of a personal mission statement because it helps guide our daily decisions and reminds us of what truly matters. So this year, I invite you to create a mission statement for your ideal year. So for myself, I said this year, I will increase the frequency at which I radiate by heightening my vibration. I will use difficult people as a catalyst to be more understanding, transform my relationships by expanding the amount of love that I give. Because many of us, if you know, you're know, you dating or you're in any relationship whatsoever, it could be our focus to get more love. And when we concentrate on what we can get, we don't realize how much we can give. And I really enjoyed this quote I heard. I believe it was in A Return to Love, which I'm going to be bouncing my lesson off of today. Marianne said, instead of asking God what he can give you, Ask yourself how you could be a vessel of God's light and God's love. God, how can you use me, universe? How can I be a vessel of your peace? And this starts by finding our purpose. Our purpose should encompass the big ideas in our passions, our talents, our learned skills, what the world needs. It should make us feel proud, happy, and valued. When we know our purpose, it is easier to set and reach our goals. If we're excited about what we are doing, we are bound to succeed. So my greater purpose is to be an activist an advocate and a teacher, a healer. I'm a deep thinker and a strong warrior that can help many people. So I ask you, what is your purpose? And if you don't know your purpose, maybe set the intention to find out this year. This correlates closely with our values. Our values regulate how we respond to negative and positive situations in our life. If our goals are in line with our values, we're more likely to succeed and be motivated. So maybe write out or circle some of our most important values and choose the most significant. Because this will guide the changes that we will make moving forward to better align with our values. So I wrote my values this year... I intend to be more responsible, more respectful, more forgiving, not judgmental, a good listener, and loving. A good listener. Have any of us besides myself noticed that when someone shares something with us, for example, Nick was telling me something a couple nights ago when I saw him, and my first reaction when he said, let's just say he said, "I." want to try laser tag. This isn't what he said, but someone says to you, I want to try laser tag. Our first initial reaction, my gut instinct, what I was responding was, oh, I did laser tag back in 2019. It was so much fun. I love laser tag. Like we will take something that someone says and we will make it about us instantaneously. We will come back at them with sharing about ourselves when they were trying to tell us something. And if you've listened to my last episode on divorcing difficult people and transforming your relationships, the number one key that I want to focus on, not just being less judgmental and more forgiving, but to be a good listener. Because when two people are defensive and projecting on one another, when two people are arguing back and forth, they're talking at each other. They are not talking to each other. And I don't want to talk to be heard anymore, but I want to listen to understand. When we set our intention to truly listen to others, we are offering them our undivided attention. We are offering them love and we cannot understand someone unless we love them. And we cannot love someone if we refuse to understand them. So this year, I'm really going to try to be a good listener. If someone tells me something, I'm going to take it in, absorb it, instead of just making it about me. And I know many of us have not ill-willed intentions when we do this. It is just to validate someone and show them that we are relatable. But at the same time, it could be extremely invalidating because they think we aren't listening to them. We're not hearing them. And a lot of people will talk to respond, but I really want to start listening and being a vessel of love. And that is the most loving thing we can do for others. So this year I would like more accountability, more ambition, more faith, more loyalty, honesty, generosity, reliability, positivity, happiness, and growth, and less excuses, less stagnation, less pessimism, less gossip, ego, doubt, lack, scarcity, hate, and fear. So I ask you to reflect on that yourself. My biggest resolutions this year are to be less reactive, less nitpicky, less gossipy, less complaining, less passive aggressiveness, less negativity, less stinginess. I wanna be more generous in my time, in my attention, in my resources. I want to be more loving and forgiving and understanding and less judgmental. And I want to complain less. I truly sincerely want to complain less because I do know I can be very negative at times. I could be very much glass half empty and pessimistic and seeing the negative of everything. And I really notice this when I spend time with Nick because he is so positive. He is so, he is just a fucking ray of sunshine. And I've never heard him say anything bad about anyone ever. He hardly ever complains. I don't think I've ever heard him complain. And being around him just raises my vibe so much, but it's really pushing me to become more like him so that I can live up to my biggest potential. I am not someone that enjoys shit talking people, but I will say that I do talk about people, even if it's good, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but anytime that... We talk about someone in a less than ideal way. Like I can complain about people a lot. It really lowers our vibration and it doesn't say anything about those people. It says everything about us. And it doesn't harm those people that we're complaining about, whether it's my sister or my mom. It harms us because it puts us on a lesser frequency. And in A Course in Miracles, I'm going to be reading off here from A Return to Love, Marianne really talks about relationships being holy encounters. When you meet anyone, remember it is a holy encounter. As you see him, you will see yourself. As you treat him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. Never forget this, for in him you will find yourself or lose yourself. The Holy Spirit's temple is not a body, but a relationship. And my resolutions don't, or intentions, excuse me, don't have too much to do with other people, but when we work on ourselves, we better our relationships as a result. And a large part of being immortal is interpersonal relationships or connections with others, our sense of belonging. It really embodies our higher selves. We can embody our higher selves in our relationships, as our relationships are assignments, or we can use our ego and fear and guilt and righteousness to the detriment of our relationships. Heaven, according to the Course in Miracles, is neither a condition nor a place, but rather the awareness of perfect oneness. Since the Father and Son are one, then to love one is to love the other. The love of God is not outside us. There is a line from the play Les Miserables that says, To love another person is to see the face of God. The face of Christ is the innocence and love behind the masks we all wear. And seeing that face, touching it, and loving it in ourselves and others is the experience of God. It is our divine humanness. It is the high that we all seek. So, with that being said, you know I'm not religious. You can intertwine the word God with universe, with spirit, with whatever. But that being said, to judge people less, which is my main goal, I have to be more forgiving, more understanding. And as humans, we justify our judgments of others because we come from this place of righteousness. We think we are justified in our anger, in our hate, in our whatever, in our judgments even because we think that we know what is best. And through this, we play God. But I don't think the universe wants us to play the judge of other people's actions because in every relationship and in every moment, we teach either love or fear. To teach is to demonstrate. And as we demonstrate love towards others and non-judgment and acceptance and unconditional love, we learn that we are lovable and we learn how to love more deeply. But as we demonstrate fear or defensiveness and self-protection or anger and negativity, we learn self-condemnation and we learn to feel more frightened of life. We will always learn what we have chosen to teach. Ideas leave not their source, which is why we are always a part of God and why our ideas are always part of us. If we choose to bless another person, we end up feeling more blessed. And if we choose to project guilt or anger and judgment on another person, then we always end up feeling more guilty. Relationships exist to hasten our walk to God. When surrendered to the Holy Spirit, when He is in charge of our perceptions, our encounters become holy encounters with the perfect Son and God. And everyone we meet will either be our crucifier or our Savior, depending on what we choose. So that means that we can choose not only people in relationships, but situations and circumstances. We can choose it to be our crucifier or our savior. We can choose it to move closer to love or turn away from love. And in every instance, we are either moving towards love are moving towards fear. And this is what A Course in Miracles says. Focusing on someone else's guilt drives the nails of self-loathing more deeply into our own skin. Focusing on their innocence sets us free. Since no thoughts are neutral, every relationship takes us deeper into heaven or deeper into hell. And this is where forgiveness and greater understanding come in. Forgiveness takes away what stands between your brother and yourself. So take a deep breath with me here. So I was just reading that from A Course in Miracles, A Return to Love. I have kind of um, both books in front of me, so I'm just bouncing back and forth. But I really want these to be my guiding principles moving forward into the upcoming year. And I ask you, what are your Intentions. What are you hoping for in the new year? Are you looking for more love? Well, then embody love, give more love. Are you looking for more stability? Well, then become centered and grounded in yourself. It is one thing to want something and to say, oh, this year I will be a better person. We have to concentrate on what does that mean? Because what being a good person might mean to you might be different than what it means to me. For me, it is connecting to the oneness to my spirit, to my higher self, and acting as the way I think God would want me to act, seeing other people's innocence, noticing when my judgments arise, because they will arise, I am not fucking perfect. (laughs) I am far from enlightened, although I believe I'm moving closer there when I see everyone through the eyes of God, and when I see everyone through love and seeing everyone's innocence, because I am no better or worse than you, you are not more superior or inferior than me. We are all one. And when we celebrate and rejoice in other success and other people's accomplishments, we are celebrating ourselves because their achievements are our achievements. When one person succeeds and raises their vibration and becomes more lifted and happy and whole, then we as the collective all become happier and healthier and more whole. And our society has such a competition mindset that if one person does better, we perceive that they're doing better than us, then there's less for us. If one person gets, then that means we're being taken away from. It's such a scarcity mindset and it is not healthy. And this is what breeds fear. And this is what breeds jealousy and possessiveness and manipulation. And although I am not perfect, I am setting the intention to catch myself when I am feeling these judgments because judgments about another do not say anything about them it talks about ourselves and our insecurities and where we fear we are lacking. For example, when I have seen beautiful girls that have bodies that I thought I should look like, I would sometimes wish very bad things upon those women instead of celebrating them and noticing their beauty and saying, you're beautiful, but that doesn't make me any less beautiful. We can all be beautiful. And I ask you, what are your intentions? Just set three. You don't need to set 10. You can later on in the year if you're feeling up to it and motivated, but sometimes when we have a list of 20 things we want to accomplish, they can feel out of reach and they could elude us and it could become daunting. And then we can beat up on ourselves and we get discouraged and we give up. So take it a day at a time, take it a breath at a time. And each month, maybe recenter yourself and track your progress and ask yourself if you're moving in the direction that you'd like to be moving. And this is what I'm going to do each month. I think I'm going to focus on a different theme for these podcasts because I want to make it doable and realistic, but I also want to make it beneficial for y'all. So I'll leave you with this. Set some intentions for the new year. I invite you to make those personal and internal, if you'd like, if you feel that that resonates and aligns with you. But of course, m- might be right for me, might not be right for you. So really, take this time for you. I invite you to journal today. I invite you to meditate today. Spend some time with yourself today. And know that if you set an intention, let's just say no dairy, and tomorrow you wake up and you eat dairy, <laughs> It's not the end of the world. It's the first day of your new life. Tomorrow is the first day of your life. Right now is the first day of your life. Be more present, be more in the moment. That is something I believe we can all work on. And be more forgiving, not only to others, but to yourself. Because forgiveness is the key to inner peace since it is a mental technique by which our thoughts are transformed from fear to love. Our perceptions of other people often become a battleground because the egos desire to judge and the Holy Spirit's desire to accept people as they are. The ego is the great fault finder. It seeks out the faults in ourselves and in others. The Holy Spirit seeks out our innocence, sees all of us as we really are, and since we are the perfect creatures of God, it loves what it sees. The places in our personality where we tend to deviate from love are not our faults, but our wounds. God doesn't want to punish us, but to heal us, and that is how He wishes us to view the wounds in other people. So take it easy on yourself. Allow yourself to be human and allow other people to be human because when we project our wounds and our shit and our trauma on other people, It's so funny because we wanna be forgiven for our mistakes, for where we messed up, but where other people do us wrong, we refuse to forgive them. We hold it against them with resentment and blame. And not everyone is always going to be at a place where they can come from their higher selves. We're not always going to meet the best versions of people and we have to allow them to be human and to mess up as we do. And we have to forgive them for that. So with that being said, I invite you to take this new attitude into the new year. I'm working on my positivity and my optimism, and I know as we work on it, like a muscle, it will grow. It might be difficult at first, but we will get better at it. And I also asked my beautiful boyfriend to hold me accountable for this. So I said, if you hear me complaining or being negative or saying unkind words about someone, Please call me out on my shit. So have someone that you love, that you trust, that's supportive. Have them call you out on your shit in an empathic way. Make sure they show you compassion and in turn, show that compassion to yourself and allow yourself to mess up and be imperfect because we are all human. And when you allow yourself to make mistakes, you are doing yourself the best, kindest, act of love. So with that being said, I will end on this teaching from A Return to Love. Forgiveness is selective remembering, a conscious decision to focus on love and let the rest go. But the ego is relentless. It is capable of suspiciousness at best and viciousness at worst. It presents the most subtle and insidious arguments for casting other people out of our hearts. The cornerstones of the ego's teaching is the son of God is guilty. The cornerstone of the Holy Spirit's teaching is the son of God is innocent. The miracle worker consciously invites the Holy Spirit to enter into every relationship and deliver us from the temptation to judge and find fault. We ask him to save us from our tendency to condemn. We ask him to reveal to us this innocence within others that we might see it, within ourselves. I hope this resonated on some level. Thank you so, so, so much from the bottom of my heart for listening. If you wish to support the podcast, please like, subscribe, share. You can follow me on Subwitches Podcast on Instagram. I hope y'all have a healthy, wonderful, beautiful new year. Stay safe, stay loving, and have a wicked rest of your day.